We everybody ready? Luke chapter four, verse one. And y'all see some people standing. We we like to stand for the reading of the word. I make the the comment every time. We stand for everything else. We might as well stand for for the reading of the word of God. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by, on bread alone. Verse 5, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be all yours. But then Jesus said again, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then verse 9, the devil led him, in, him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus said again, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And then 13, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Let's pray. God, let the words of my mouth pierce the hearts of your people because they will be your words and not mine. So God, use this vessel. God, let our ears be open to hear and our hearts ready to receive. And all these things we ask in Jesus' precious name. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. So, I'm going to tell y'all another really dumb story. Y'all remember the dumb story I told last week? <laughs> I'm going to tell you another one, so get ready. So, when I was a kid, I... um. I was playing with my one friend, his name is Kevin. I remember to this day, I think it's Kevin Smith. If he's watching this, he'll be like, wait a minute, why are you talking about me? Um, but literally, we were playing and we were on a trampoline. How many of y'all have ever played on trampolines? Like really enjoy a good trampoline, like that bounce, begin your calf muscle, you be ready. So I was on this trampoline and I was so hyped and I watched this dude do something crazy. He did a flip. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Said so when you, when we start doing this, I thought we was just bouncing. I'm I'm here with you. I can even do the high knee bounce, but he did a flip, and something in me said, "Do the flip." I was like, "Wait, <laughs> let's talk about this real quick." And what was crazy, like he did all these flips, and he started like contorting his body. I said, "Look at this. This is great. I didn't even know he could do this." So I'm sitting up there, and I'm like, "Am I gonna do this flip?" And you know how you have to hype yourself up in the middle of a situation? Yeah, we're going to do this flip, bro. You can do it. So I got the devil on one side. Like, yeah, man, let's do it. And then, like, the angel, like, let's think about it. But I ain't want to listen to him. I just want, I want to do a flip, bro. 
I'm here to do flips. We on a trampoline, let's flippity flip. Because in my, li- in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, look, I'm going to be safe because the trampoline is meant for me to bounce. So I'm having enough velocity to get up off the trampoline to turn my body to a flip. So I did a flip, fell on my neck, thought I died. <laughs> I'm not even going to front. I thought I was dead. My neck cracked. Like I heard and felt my neck. <laughs> and I got all the wind knocked out of me. <laughs> and I, all I remember is walking to, he lived down the street from me at the end of the cul-de-sac. I walked up a full cul-de-sac to my parents' house and my mom was like, you all right? I was like, no, <laughs> my neck is broken. And she was like, what you mean? I was like, I did a flip and it didn't work. She's like, so you didn't do a flip. You just broke your neck. I was like, that's not the point. So she was roasting me in my pain. And, um, and the reason why I did that flip is because I felt the pressure to prove it. So I want to preach about the pressure to prove it. The pressure to prove it. Because there is so much unspoken pressure that we put on ourselves to what? Prove it. And we allow the pressure to prove it, put us in situations where we can hurt ourselves, and then have to deal with the after effects because of the pressure to prove it. So today, as, as we go along in this sermon, I just want y'all to open up your minds and open up your spirits to, to really dig deep into your own lives and dig deep into your own problems. Can, can we do that tonight? Cool. So listen, pressure is all— is, is anything that makes us think multiple times. I had to think a few times before I did this flip. I had to watch him. I was like, okay, so he got up like right here and he started turning about right there. And what was stupid about me was this ain't the first time he's flipped, obviously, because he's done it before. This was my first time flipping. Because of the pressure to prove it, though, I was like, oh, he do it. I can do it. Not knowing what all he had to do to prepare himself to learn how to flip, I guarantee he probably heard himself before too. But me, the pressure to prove it made me do something that was so out of my comfort zone that I made a fool of myself. And I had to be a fool walking all the way up to my house saying, uh, I can't breathe. My neck is broken. All because of the pressure to prove it. It makes you make decisions carefully and thought out and makes you make moves that necessarily don't even make sense. But there are pressures that weigh a little bit more than other ones. Can we talk about those? The pressure of obedience. The pressure of obedience. Look, right from the start in, the chapter, in, chapter, uh, in chapter 4, verse 1 said, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was what? was led by the Spirit into where? The wilderness. It's so funny that the Spirit led Jesus into a dry place. He led him into a place where there was no water, there was no food, there was no one there but him. Obedience is pressure. (laughs) To be obedient to God That takes some pressure because often God is asking us to go into a place that's not comfortable. He's asking us to grow in ways that are not comfortable. So therefore, the pressure of obedience is so much that we end up being disobedient to what He asked of us. 
And I have found out that disobedience is a much harder road than obedience. Than just being obedient the first time. How many of y'all, <laughs> I don't know if I should do this. How many of y'all got spankings as kids? Well, okay, we all good kids then. All right. So listen, since y'all all got spankings, why'd you get that spanking? Because you wasn't what? Obedient. All right. Imagine what would have happened if you just didn't do that thing that got you in trouble. Wouldn't have got that spanking. Wouldn't have been led into a dry place. But we find ourselves in the Scriptures, find out that obedience brings a lot of pressure. And to be obedient to God and what He told us is hard to do in spite of being obedient to man and what culture tells us to do and how culture tells us to live and how culture tells us to dress and how culture does this and culture does that. And even the wrong friend groups, though the obedience to the friend group brings so much pressure that makes us do stuff that's so stupid that we end up going home at the end of the night saying, why do I still hang with these people? That's facts. Why do I still kick it with these people? There's no substance in them. Why am I still dating them? There's no substance in them. Because there's pressure <laughs> to be obedient to your personal feelings instead of listening to God saying, he's not the one. But he's so cute, God. <laughs> She's so fine. She got all the hair that I need. Long hair. I don't know where I was going with that. I got mixed up. <laughs> she got all the bangs. She got pretty eyes, God. Come on, you tell me this ain't my wife? No, because she ain't got no substance that you're going to need later down the road. <laughs> but God, I'm going to pick on you. He got all the best fluffy hair. <laughs> I've been waiting on him. He's light-skinned like I like him, Jesus. <laughs> he tall like I like him. But if he does not have substance, then you are falling into a trap that you were never meant to set up to fall into. So if the person doesn't have substance... You are operating out of what? Pressure. Pressure. Singleness is pressure. <laughs> this ain't even a—we out of that series, but I just want to talk about being single is pressure. Because when you're single, everybody fine. <laughs> everybody cute, even if their eyebrows are jacked up. You're like, they kind of cute. <laughs> Singleness is pressure. Because we start to make the most stupid decisions in our singleness out of pressure. We sleep with everybody out of pressure. We date everybody out of pressure. Under pressure. I don't know the rest of the song. But literally, and that's fun in games because under pressure, yeah, that's all cool. But a lot of us are under pressure pressure to prove it. And if we would just be obedient to what God is asking us to do with our lives, with our singleness, with our businesses, with our careers, we wouldn't experience so many dry spells. We wouldn't experience so much lack because obedience brings blessings. When you're obedient, Blessings can't help but follow because God is so impressed that we are obedient with Him. Like, oh my gosh, they did exactly what I wanted them to do. Blessings. That's what God does. We think God is withholding something from us. We think God has everything locked up from us. But if we were obedient, He would allow us to have access. 
He would allow us to have access. But disobedience and pressure is getting us to act out of character. The wilderness brings pressure. In our driest seasons of our lives, we have famine in our relationships. We have famine in our careers, in our prayer life, in our worship. It is often when we have famine in those areas, famine meaning dry places, dry seasons, that's when pressure starts to apply itself. You ever notice in the middle of a dry season, you're like, man, why does everything feel so heavy? Like there's so much pressure to do this and there's so much pressure to do that. Can I bring your attention to verse 3? Give me, give me verse 3 on the screen. Verse 3, verse 3. The devil said to him, this is the devil talking to Jesus in the middle of the wilderness. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Check this. Notice the devil did not say to him, if you the son of man, turn these pieces of bread into clothes. Turn these pieces of stone into clothes. Turn these pieces of stone into this and into that. No, no. He knew exactly what pressure point to push. Jesus was hungry. <laughs> Jesus was hungry, so he told the Son of Man, make some bread. You see, pressure is not coming out of nowhere. Pressure knows just where to point. Pressure knows just where to point. It, it, it hits you right in the throat. You'd be like, wait a minute. Pressure's not coming after your bank account if you're doing good or if you're doing this, you're not worried about money. No, pressure's coming when you broke. Not when you're hungry, when you broke. That's when pressure comes. Pressure knows where to point. Pressure doesn't spend time beating around the bush. It goes straight to the point. It wants you to prove that you're this and you're that. Can I talk about the pressure of expectations? Because a lot of us use our mouths to put these grand expectations on ourselves that are not real. That are not real. Expectations and reality are not friends. <laughs> they often argue. Expectations and reality often argue. You ever be in the middle of argument and somebody be like, this is a reality check. <laughs> Because your expectations may be out in the wind. <laughs> you may be sipping uh, what they call, what, Coke dreams or whatever dreams, whatever it is. There are a lot of us are pipe dreaming, pipe dreaming, <laughs> pipe dreaming, because these expectations have nothing to do with God. They don't even have God in it. That's why he's not in it. The reason why you're having so much trouble with these expectations that you're putting on yourself is because God didn't give them to you, so therefore he's not going to be inside of something and fund anything that he's not a part of. Does that make sense? Yeah. God's not going to fund your projects if it don't bring him glory. He's not going to do it because it's not about us. And when we make it about us, we will fail because all the expectations that we put on ourselves will come crumbling down crushing us underneath their weight. I'm talking about the pressure of expectations, and we have all done it. Expectations are not friends with reality. We all expect to be out of debt. <laughs> we all expect to—how many single people we got in here? Single, single. Raise, yeah, y'all, I expected to be married by this time. I expected this. I expected that. I expected to be in school. I expected the job. 
but your expectations do not line up with the reality that you're living in. You can't expect to pay off debt if you don't, what's that thing called? Um, if you don't have a job. <laughs> That's a stupid expectation. You can't, no, I'll go even better. You can't expect to be married if you aren't being single, guarding your singleness, living in your singleness, enjoying your singleness. Yes, I said enjoying. Enjoying your singleness. I told y'all last week, I, will take my, I took myself out to the movies and was hyped because I had to buy popcorn for me. Now I got a bae and a wife, I got to buy popcorn for both of us, for uses. For uses. <laughs> y'all married, y'all know what I'm talking about. For uses. But because some of us are not, yeah, Lord, because some of us are not appreciating our singleness, we are making rash decisions out of pressure and getting with any and everybody that says we cute. Can I preach today? Because I've been waiting to talk about, like, it's the pressure to prove it. It's the pressure of these stupid expectations that we have created for ourselves that are not realistic. We want to be, it's comparison. How many of us struggle with comparison? Let's keep it 100. Online, who struggle? Yeah. Can I tell you about comparison? You are comparing your version 1 to somebody's version 20. And since you're trying to compare your version 1 to somebody's 20, you're can't, you can't comprehend, like, why ain't it working? Because you're not working. You are trying to get something to work for you, and you're like, how come this isn't working for me? How come my business isn't running like this? How come my marriage isn't working like this? Are you putting any work into it? Are you putting any work into your singleness? How come so-and-so is enjoying being single and I'm miserable? Because you're not putting no work into your singleness. We want God to just step in and do everything for us, and he's really on the sideline saying, what you going to do? You going to do something today? You, you, you go, matter of fact, are you going to even invite me in today? I've been waiting on you to come get me. I've been waiting. I've been waiting on you to say, Father, please help me, guide me in my singleness because my expectations are not meeting reality. And God, when he hears that, he'll leap down from heaven and send an angel towards you to say, I got you. But we are so, so, so prideful. We, <laughs> can I preach about it real quick? A lot of us are a bunch of Bob the Builders. We want to fix everything. We want to fix everything. This ain't even supposed to be a relationship sermon. This is supposed to be just a regular sermon. And I end up talking about this because we all want to be Bob the Builders. I can fix him. I can fix her. <laughs> no, you can't. Matter of fact, you're going to make them worse because you are trying to fix them. God has nothing to do with all this fix you're trying to do. I want to make them this. I want to dress them. I want to get them to go to church with me because that's often the excuse we try to say. If I can get them to come to church with me, I know they'll find Jesus. But if he don't, if he don't and she don't accept Jesus in their, in their heart, then he's not worth it. So therefore, we are creating a lie to ourselves because we can't stand being lonely. We can't stand being alone. Don't you know alone is where you grow? Y'all, where's Jesus at? The wilderness. 
He's by himself. The only person to, to, that's with him is the devil, the worst company. But even in the presence of the enemy, he didn't go out, he didn't leave off to go kick it with, with the disciples. I'm going to stay right here. This is where I'm supposed to be at right now. First of all, I was led by the Spirit to come here. What happens when the Spirit leads you to a dry place? What happens when the Spirit tells you, uh-uh, go be single for a while? Yeah. What happens when, when, the, when, when the Spirit says, no, 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 don't start that business now, because if you start it now, it's going to crumble and you're going to lose your mind. But if you just trust me, Nobody wants to trust God because trusting God takes time. We don't got time for nothing. We want everything to be done quick, fast, in a hurry. And that's not how God works. That's not how He works. I hate to burst the bubble of so many people tonight, but that's not how God works. He likes His stuff to be done right. <laughs> not fast, but right. That's what we like. When God do it, I know it's going to be right. I know it's going to be right. If I do it, it's going to be completely wrong. I'm going to miss. You don't, you don't want me to help build your Ikea stuff. I hate Ikea <laughs> because Ikea makes you do so much work that I'm not willing to do. I could go to Target down the street, and they got all the pieces together. You know what? I, they, they put the screws in there. Ikea, they just like, here you go. <laughs> it's like, you know what Ikea is? Grown Legos. <laughs> That's what it is. Grown Legos, and you be mad playing with them Legos. Where is the two-prong? <laughs> because we're not patient. We're you know what? Even, even in our current lives and our culture, we're not groomed for patience. We're groomed for now. <laughs> we want it now, this and that. I can go look up something on Google, and it pop up just like that. It's just how we're programmed, how we're, how we're functioning right now in this, in this season, in this culture. And that's why it's so hard for all of us, young, old, middle. That's why we have a hard time with the concepts of Jesus, with the concepts of God, because everything moves at His time, not ours. But if you put the expectation, and that's the other thing about expectations, we put the expectation of God to move at our pace. Now, God, um, I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. And I want it, <laughs> I want it bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear right now, God. God, I'm going to pray two more days, and then I want it to happen. And you know what? It's so crazy. Sometimes, we, depending on how low you get, you start threatening God. <laughs> God, if you don't give me what I'm getting, I'm going to turn to something else. Y'all, let's keep it 100. If you don't give me what I want, I'm going to turn to something else. I'll go buy me 400 crystals tonight, God. Y'all told me I could keep it 100. Yeah, I'll go get all the, all the sage, whatever it is. I'll go get that, God, because I'm going to show you. This is, this is how we talk to the creator of the universe, not realizing you might get in trouble. <laughs> Talking to, you ever heard somebody say, you got the wrong one. <laughs> If we continue to live in a mindset of when I pray, it'll happen, not saying that it can't, not saying that it can't, but if I go into it expecting God is going to do it in His timing, 
Even if I need it right now, the best thing I learned about being in culture church was he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Because he really is. God is an on-time God, not yo-time God. <laughs> he's an on-time God, not a yo-time God. That's a good quote. Somebody need to write that down. He's an on-time God, not a your-time God. I like yo-time God better. Not a yo-time God. You can't put the creator of the universe on the schedule when he made time. He, he, he created time. So I'm going to put the creator on a time schedule when he breathed that out? No, 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 no. My expectations are not in the right place. And if God does not meet my expectations, it often muddies the image of who God is to me. Our expectations are based on our own selfish desires instead of our obedience to God. In God, all things are possible, not through me, but through Him. But the misconception of the wilderness is we expect God to bring us out of the wilderness with haste. We expect Him to bring us out of the hard situations with quickness, forgetting that He led us there. He led us there. The Bible said that the Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness. But because we expect Jesus to be Jehovah Jireh, my provider, I want you to do it, God. I know you can do it. When he doesn't, it ruins the image of God for us because we put him in our, our expectations. Y'all with me? The pressure of expectations but he leads us to the dry place. He leads us there. Because and expectations and reality are not friends. When we build ourselves up with our words, we feel the pressure to prove it. How many of y'all talk about yourself? Well. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Be in church. We not act like we're not in church, I guess. We you talk about yourself. I'm like, I'm pretty good. Fellas, how many of y'all would be like, yeah, I can lift this, and you really can't? <laughs> okay, come on now. You have lied about your lifting weight. Put your hands in the air. Wave them like you just talked. Thank you, Hunter. You're the only one in here who real. I put my hands up. How many of y'all have said you can lift a weight, and you know you can't? Not talking about you can do it now. I'm talking about back then when you were still scrawny, and you couldn't do it back then. How many of you said that you can lift that weight? All right. God bless you. The Lord's Ivan, you lying. You lying. <laughs> you lying. I was waiting for your hand to shoot up. <laughs> you lying. Because we talk ourselves up in such a way that we have to live to that expectation. Ladies, how many of you? I've talked yourself up that, oh, yeah, I, I saw that or did this, and I, I know her. Y'all don't know none of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not condemning what you did. I'm bringing light to it. We talk about ourselves in such a way that we end up having to prove it. <laughs> we end up having to prove it. There is no worse phrase than prove it. You'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I knew them back. Oh, the worst thing is when you'd be talking in a conversation. They're like, oh, do you know so-and-so? And they'd be like, oh, you'd be like lying. Be like, oh, yeah, I know them. You don't know them. 
And then the pressure to prove it comes. Be like, oh, how you know them? Uh, <laughs> way back in, well, they live in Missouri. They do. I thought I met them here at a party or they don't party. They go to church. Oh, my gosh. Help me help you. Help me lie. <laughs> prove it. Prove it. And because I was disobedient and wrote a check that my words could not cash. Woo! Because I wrote a check with my mouth that my lifestyle and my actions could not cash. I'm in the middle of the pressure to prove it. Jesus was asked to prove it so many times, y'all. Y'all realize that? Jesus was asked to prove he was the son of man so many times. He was preaching. He was healing. He was doing all this stuff. And people were like, prove, oh, say you son of man. Y'all, he was on the cross. They said, come down if you be the son of man. Dying on a cross. People said, prove it. Do y'all see the pressure to prove it? Pressure don't care if you live in or on your way to death. And if we're not careful, pressure will put us to death. We have allowed the, can I, oh my gosh, I'm going to say it because the Lord just told me, we've allowed the pressure of our parents to almost put us in a grave. And it's not the fault of the parent because parents, we, you just want the best for your kids, but sometimes the best for your kids is not where your kid want to go. And these expectations, oh, yes, God, some of these expectations are wrapped in regret that they couldn't do it. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why I feel like preaching today, but we are dealing with the regrets of our parents because they're dealing with the regrets of their parents, too. And then you have a bunch of regretful people walking around in the same house. In the same house. Who's going to be healed enough to say, I'm good. I don't have to prove it. Who's going to be healed enough to say, I can do it. I can go my own way. Who's going to be the one to say, I don't have to prove it. Because God already proved it. God already paid every check that I could never cash. God already did it. God already did it. We are dealing with the pressure of expectations from our parents. And it's driving us crazy. I'm, oh my God, I feel it so strongly in this moment. And I can't even go on to my next point. We are letting expectations and pressures to prove it from our family members drive us into an early grave. Some of us are contemplating taking ourselves out because the pressure... It's too much to deal with. And I speak against that demon right now. I speak against that right now. Not today. You shall live and not die. You got a purpose. Hear me online. You got a purpose. Don't let the devil fool you into taking yourself out. You got a purpose. You got to stay. You got to stay. In here, you got to stay. Because the children that are going to come after you, the family members that will come after you, if you tell them that you don't have to prove it. You just need to fall into the arms of Jesus. Let Jesus' expectations be the one that reign the, heart, the loudest 
in your family, in your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to stop letting our family members, because of their regrets, turn us into regretful people. No, no, no. I'm not regretful. I'm redeemed, baby. I'm redeemed. I'm not regretful. I do everything that I need to do. God is doing something in me. He tried to do it through you, but he came to me, and now I got to do it, and I'm stepping up to the plate. I'm going to do it. That's the boldness that we need to have. That's the boldness that I've been trying to preach to us. We need to have boldness. We're bold about everything else. But we're not bold about breaking these chains of comparison and expectations and regrets. That's not me. I'm not regretful because I'm in the will of God. You can't be regretful when you're in the will of God. Oh, my God. You can't be regretful when you're in the will of God. How do I know I'm in the will of God? When there's high seasons and low seasons. Because we, we can't just think that God is going to lead us to the mountaintop when it says that the Spirit said, I led him into the wilderness. Do y'all hear that? He will lead you into the wilderness. And you got to be okay with it. You got to be okay with it. The wilderness is often to build our spiritual muscles. Oh my, I'm so off my notes right now. But the wilderness is meant to build our spiritual muscles. But we are so scared of the wilderness that we are malnourished spiritually. And as a result, when something comes against us, when the chains of our family come against us, we feel trapped and tied in the coils of the coldness of the chains when we should be breaking out of them chains. I feel a chain-breaking spirit in here tonight. I swear to y'all, y'all, we have got to get to the point where we are so tired of dealing with other folks' expectations. I'm tired of other people's expectations of me. I'd be like, that's cool, but I ain't doing that. I have expectations that came from on high, and I got to deal with them. I can't add yours to mine. Jesus told me that I have to be the one to break this chain in my family, so I can't deal with your expectations. I got, I got to deal with mine. Matter of fact, you should probably be dealing with yours while you're trying to deal with mine. Let's be a hundred. This stuff is so important. It's so much more important than preaching a sermon that rhymes and all that type of stuff. No, no, no. This stuff is important. We are about to kill ourselves over expectations from our family. And it hurts because we thought they would want the best for us. Oh my gosh. We thought that they want everything that is so great for us, but they keep nailing us. They keep smacking us and keep hitting us over the head. You need to be in school. You need to do this. You need to do that. Where did myself even go in the midst of all these expectations? Yeah. How, how many of us have lost ourselves in the sea of expectations? dealing with the pressure to prove it. And every time we try to come up and gasp for, water, for air, we end up sinking right back down. It's the pressure to prove it, man. It's the pressure to prove it. And the more pressure that I allow to push me down, the more I lose sight of where God is trying to propel me to. I'm allowing pressure to put me down instead of letting the pressure push me out, push me forward. Oh my gosh, I feel this thing so strongly. 
There is something to be said about being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. It's okay. It's meant to make you stronger. If you're dealing with expectations from people right now, and you feel like you're in, the, you're in a dry season, like, I don't know where, everybody's expectations are pushing me so close, I feel like I'm claustrophobic. That's okay, you're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be there. Because eventually, this turns into this. You're going to have the strength to push out these walls that are trying to close you in. And you know what that is? By knowing what's inside of you. Oh my gosh, can I preach for real? If you know what's inside of you, what's happening around you won't affect you. Why do you think Jesus was able to fall asleep in the middle of a storm? Because peace was inside of him despite what was going on around him. Peace was within him despite on all the winds that were waving around him to the point where he could sleep in the middle of a storm. Who you know that can sleep in the middle of a storm that's raging around? Water is capsizing the boat. Jesus was able to be cool because peace was within him. Oh my gosh, what happens when we get peace within us? We don't worry about the pressure of expectations. We start worrying about what does God expect of me? What does Jesus expect? Oh my gosh, what does Jesus expect of me? What does he expect of me? He expects me to trust in Him. He expects me to know that the pressure is good for me. They said, if you be the Son of Man, come down from the cross. He was on the cross. If you be the Son of Man, prove it. But there's a, oh my, oh, can I preach, preach? But there is a flex that helps you push away all the pressure. There's a flex that you can do that'll help you push away this pressure. Check this out. The flex of faith. I don't care what pressure is coming against you. You flex that faith on it, it can't handle that type of flex. It can't handle that type of flex. Y'all, in verse 9, the devil led him, put it on the screen, put it on the screen. Uh, verse 9, verse 9. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. Verse 10, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against. So the devil was basically saying, call on the people you claim that's coming to get you. Call on them angels, Jesus, that's going to come. Just jump off. They're going to come get you. You bad, come, let him come get you. And I love the flex that Jesus put on the devil. Jesus answered him, said, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Pressure has now, has no power when you flex your faith. Pressure may rise and create something that will put you to the test, but it won't destroy you. All you got to do is flex on it. The pressure around you may be great, but greater is he that is in me. I'm trying to tell somebody, start flexing your faith on some of these issues. Start flexing your faith on some of this stuff. You don't got to be scared. Start flexing your faith on it. Oh my goodness. What would happen if the people of God would start flexing their faith on stuff? Yeah, yeah, my family may be this and they may be that. But I'm going to flex my faith on them, and we're going to be a-okay. We're going to be all right. We got to have spiritual boldness. I told y'all I'm not building no more weak Christians. 
We're not building no more weak Christians so we can go home and cry and be sad and say, woe is me. No, we're going to start going home and praying and pleading the blood of Jesus Christ over everything inside of there that it has to answer to the name of Jesus. We're going to start flexing our faith. Flex your faith. Y'all, this is so important. This is so important. What do you mean flex your faith? What do you mean? What do you mean? Through him, I, leave, I live and have my being. I may be under pressure, but wait till I flex this faith. When I flex this faith, everything must bow down to the person who gave me the faith. Everything must bow down to Jesus. Everything must bow down to Jesus because when I flex my faith on that thing, I don't have to prove it. <laughs> when I say my expectations come from God, I don't have to prove it. I don't have to prove it. I don't have to prove anything. God is, has already equipped me with what He needs from me, with anything that I need. He's already equipped me. He's put it deep inside of me. All I got to do is flex my faith. I got to flex my faith. I feel like, come on, somebody say, flex my faith. Flex my faith. Flex my faith. Say it to you, believe it. I'm going to flex my faith. I'm going to flex it because when the enemy comes against me, I'm not going to be scared of him because I'm going to flex my faith on him. I'm going to flex my, Ivan, come here, come here, come here, come here. Hurry up, Ivan, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, man. Ivan, open that. Open that. Come on. Come on, open that, Ivan. It's something, it's locked on there. Ivan, open it. Open it, Ivan. Come on, Ivan, come on, come on. Come on, Ivan. Ivan, what's in your pocket? What's in your pocket, Ivan? What's in your pocket, Ivan? What's in your pocket, Ivan? Look at the keys. Check my keys. My keys, Ivan. Get my keys, Ivan. Bring them the keys. Bring them the keys. Throw them up here. What's in your pocket? What's in your pocket, Ivan? What's in your pocket, Ivan? Everything you need is inside of you already. Open it up, Ivan. Open it up, man. Come on. You got everything you need inside of you. You got every key that God has given you. You just need somebody to tell you it's in there. Open it up, Ivan. God is trying to unlock something inside of you. He give you the keys, and all you got to do is know that you can do everything that he asked you to do. You scared to go against your family? God gave you the keys to handle it. You scared to get out of your singleness? God gave you the keys to open it. Come on, Ivan. You got it. You got it. And this is a prime example. Some of us don't even realize we have the keys. Some of us don't even realize we have the keys to our own peace, to our own joy. So we end up going through every key in our keychain, trying to find out, is this one going to do it? Is this one going to do it? Is this one going to do it? And if we keep searching for the, if we, we're trying to use the keys that don't work on this lock. Woo! We're trying to use keys. Yeah, yeah, Ivan. We're trying to use keys that won't unlock this thing. We want peace but we're using sex to unlock it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we want a successful business, but we're using expectations to unlock it. We want a success. We, man, we want so many things, but we're not using the right key to unlock it. God wants to unlock something in you. He wants to use you for his kingdom, 
He wants to use you for the, for the propelling, for the betterment of the kingdom. He wants you to be a world changer. Remember when, you, when, you, when your youth pastor used to tell that? We want you to be a world changer. Remember when your mom used to tell you, you want you to be a world changer? Matter of fact, if nobody has ever told you that, we want you to be a world changer because it's already inside of you. You got the keys. And there's so many keys on here. And look how long it took him to find the right key that fit this lock. You see how long it took? It's hard to unlock something when it's not ready to be unlocked. You may not be ready to receive the blessings that you're asking for. And you think that this wilderness, searching through all your keys, trying to unlock this thing, going through your wilderness, you're saying, God don't love me. No, 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 no. He loves you enough to allow you to keep finding the wrong one. (laughs) Because the point is that you may not be ready to receive. Can you help me real quick? You may not be ready to receive. Thank you. A lot of us want something from God that we aren't ready to receive. We want a significant other. We want money. We want this. But God says, you, you're not ready for that. I'm trying to show you something on a small scale so that when you get here, you have the right key. Y'all, this, this lock that we just unlocked was to prove to us that we don't have to prove anything. There's no pressure on us. How many of y'all feel pressure? Come on, yeah. You feel pressure to prove it. Pressure to prove it. Whatever it is, you feel the pressure to prove it. Keep those hands high. Keep them high. Pressure to prove it. Pressure to prove it. You don't have to prove anything. You just have to unlock it. You don't have to prove anything. Just have to unlock it. How do I unlock it? If I would have practiced flipping before I did it in front of people, I would have been able to do it. And I would have saved myself a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. I would have saved myself. Go ahead, Minister uh, Antoine. I would have saved myself. And it's tough to understand yeah, you good, Ivor. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's tough to understand that we don't have to prove it because it feels like we have to prove everything. You just got to prove everything. Prove that you're healed. Prove this. Prove that. Prove that, you're, that you are, are over it. <laughs> That's the one we hear often. Prove you over it. Go get somebody else. Go be with somebody else. No, no, no. I'm going to prove I'm over it by making sure I'm okay first. Oh, my God. I'm going to prove that I'm okay first. I have to prove it to me first before I prove it to anybody else. I can sit up here and yell and, and, and get excited about people breaking chains off their family. But if you don't believe it, all of the screaming and, and excitement that I had means nothing to you. You have to prove it to yourself. How do you prove it to yourself? You gotta ask God. God, I need you to prove to me that my family can be healed. 
even if you start with just one, God. Don't be surprised if the one is you. Don't be surprised if the one is you. Hear me. Don't be surprised if the one is you. We want God to prove all these things. But what if he proved it in us first? Because once he reveals it to me, and once he shows me that I can do it, I can tell other people that they can do it. What y'all think I'm doing right now? The pressure to prove it? I don't got the pressure to prove it. Because God told me and proves me that you don't have to prove it. If you weren't supposed to be on this platform, Pastor Lincoln, you wouldn't be up here. If you weren't meant to be ministering to, 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 to young adults, to adults, whoever's on there, you wouldn't have it. If you weren't meant to be who you are right now, it would not have happened. You would not be in the season that you're in right now, tossing and turning. But it was meant to be. Because remember, the Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness. And it's so crazy to think that the Spirit would lead us to a dry place. It is often where the Spirit leads us to dry places so that we can finally. How many of y'all just been like, I can't even hear God. I can't even hear Him. That's why He's going to lead you to the wilderness. So you can hear. This is why alone time is so important. have to be okay with being alone, even if alone means being from your family, from your significant other, from this, from that. There's value in the valley. Oh, there's value in the valley. What's the value? A quiet place. A place where your voice echoes off of each mountain. Is anybody here? It's just me. It's just me. But you know who was with Jesus in the wilderness? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because that's who he is. So he wasn't worried about who was coming against him because he knew what was within him. Can I tell you that you don't have to be afraid of what's going on around you? If you invite peace to come within you and his spirit to come within you, what is happening around you cannot affect you words that are coming from your family cannot affect you because of the peace and the promise that's within you. Y'all, pressure, pressure. Can I tell you what God's pressure is? The pressure from God has purpose. The pressure from God has purpose. It's to nurture you, to grow you. To make you a better per a better woman, a better man, a better wife, a better husband, a better a better brother, a, bu- a better sister, a better mom, a better dad, a better son, a better daughter. The wilderness is meant to water you. Is that crazy or what? The wilderness is meant to water me. The dry place is meant to water me. It's meant to water me. Don't be afraid of the call that's on your life. God has called a lot of y'all and me and my wife to shift something in our families that our family members could not do. And how many know that's a heavy weight 
to deal with. And uh, trying to deal with, trying to say, I'm not going to be an alcoholic like my dad or my mom. I'm not going to be abusive like my mom or my dad. I'm not going to have suicidal thoughts like my mom or my dad. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be the one to be healed enough to break the chain, to say it stops here. The pressure to prove it, there is no pressure. And I want to tell you that everything you need is already provided inside of you. Can I prove it to you? Y'all want to know what was in here? The Word of God is the reason why Jesus wasn't tempted. He was the Word of God. And he had enough of it in him that he couldn't be tempted by the words of the devil. Imagine if you had the Word of God in you in the middle of a wilderness. You'd be like, "Uh uh-uh, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. This is what God wants to put in, has inside of you, the Word. You just got to keep unlocking it, okay? And then there's this. To the eye, this is a pack of post-it notes. But to God, this is potential. Every strong idea started with a post-it note. It was written somewhere. Woo! Y'all, everything started with just this. The thing y'all sitting in right now started on a piece of post-it paper. Oh, I feel this thing so strong. It started on here. You know what this is? Potential. This is often what we date in people. (laughs) We date everybody's potential, but we won't date our own potential. We won't sit with our own potential. The potential that God put inside of us and gave us the key to unlock it. But we're too busy worried about everybody else's potential that we forget about our own. Am I preaching anybody in here? This is potential. Every idea, every business venture, every song that New Life Worship OH has written started on a post-it note. I can pr- I, I'll go get them right now. <laughs> Every song idea, any song that I've ever written started on a post-it note. And they were potential. I didn't know, I had an idea of what the melody would sound like in the words. Some of them start out, Antoine, they start out as fragments, don't they? And I sent you a fragment, like where we want to go from here. It started here. This is the value of vision. This is the value of vision. Write it down and make it plain, the Bible says. How many of y'all got a vision? How many of you got a vision? Big vision. God, only, that, only that God can bring. Come on, raise your hands. Raise your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And vision doesn't have to be something that makes you money. Vision can be my family going to be saved. Woo! My family is going to be so impacted by the power of God. we're going to affect the world around us. It's going to go from my internal family to my extended family. It's going to go from my extended family to their families and their, and then we will create a culture of God 
through the rest of our lineage. Can I tell you that only God can cleanse the alcoholism in your family. Only God can cleanse the anxiety in your family, the fear in your family. Only God can cleanse these things. Hear me what I say. Only God can cleanse these things. The pressure of expectations that only we can do it. No, no, no. There's no pressure. He just chose us to be the first to do it. He just chose us to be the first. Because he saw potential. Stand on your feet. Y'all feel that? Y'all feel the presence of God in this house? So strong. So strong. I was fumbling around and trying to figure out an example to show people of how we look. We look so closed up and we think that God has us so locked up. God, free me. You are free. I gave you the keys. I gave you the keys. What was the key? Salvation. I gave you the key of salvation. Salvation can unlock anything. The Bible says what you unlock on earth, what you bind in earth, we bound in heaven. And what you bind and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Some of us need to lose some things tonight. Y'all, we, we got the keys. We got the keys. We just need to loosen those things. What do you need to loosen tonight? Is it the pressure of expectations? Is it the pressure of your family, your, your, your job, your career? What pressure are you putting on yourself that's not even realistic? Or what is something that you're fearful of that you need to unlock? God asks you to be the first, but you're too scared because the lock looks so big. God, that lock looks intimidating. Like, this lock is intimidating. Look, look at this. This lock got all types of stuff on it. It's thick. Oh, yes, God. A lot of our problems are so intimidating. My key can't unlock that. Yeah, my key can't. Look out, God. It's deadbolted, God. I don't have the keys for that. And he says, yes, you do. Because when I formed you in your mother's womb, I called you. And those who I call, I equip. Woo! Anybody I call, I equipped. You think I, y'all, when I started this ministry, I was like, what in the world are you talking about, God? There's a thousand other young adult ministries that are so much more better. And you know what he said? I thought I asked you to do it. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> it's the worst thing for God to check you. You'd be like, oh, all right. <laughs> because I did not think I had the keys for this lock 
You know how many young adults are killing themselves? You know how many people are leaving earth off of a lie that the enemy whispered in their ear in the middle of the wilderness? Just like he whispered in Jesus' ear in the middle of a wilderness. I came to sprinkle water tonight. I came to sprinkle water. You shall live and not die. You shall mount up on wings and not faint. Everything that you need to unlock whatever it is, God has already put it inside of you. He's just asking you, use the key. Use the key. What's the key? My praise, hallelujah, Jesus. My mouth, hallelujah, Jesus. My hands, my worship is my key. It's the key that gets me into the unlocked areas of my heart. It's the key that gets me into the places that are locked up by my insecurities. My worship, my sacrifice of worship and my sacrifice of praise is the thing that unlocks the unlockable. So tonight, let's worship. Come on, let's lift our hands. In the name of Jesus, let's worship. Come on, come on. Come on, use your voice. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives, God. God, we worship you tonight. God, we lift up a shout to you tonight, God. God, we clap our hands. We lift our voices to you, God, saying we're not afraid anymore. We're asking for the keys to unlock what is unlockable. God, we want to loose it here on earth so you can loose it in heaven. We want to loose it here in earth so you can loose it in heaven. God, we're asking, pleading, giving you our expectations in return for your power, your authority over the enemy. When the enemy whispers in our ear, we want to say, it is written. It is written. In the word of God, it is written. No weapon shall be formed against me that shall prosper. It is written. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it is written. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. It is written. It is written. It is written. God, here we are, standing in your presence. Standing in your presence. Come on, stand in his presence. If any, if let the tears fall, forget who's around you. Online, forget who's around you. Worship in spirit and in truth. If some of you are in here with your significant other, grab them by the hand. Worship with them. Worship with them. You don't know what they may be going through. Matter of fact, you may know what they're going through. Lead them into the promised land. Lead them into the presence of the Father. If you got a friend in here, come on, friends, link up. Friends, link up. Friends, link up. Link up. Because some of us are worshiping by ourselves, but it's not good for us to be alone. Link up with somebody in your aisle, in your row. You can do 
The lie of the enemy is saying that you can't do it. But Jesus said, you can do it and you will do it by my power and by my might. Come on, link up with somebody. Link up with somebody. I don't care who it is. Link up. Link up. Link up. Link up. Somebody on your row. If you're not buying, link up. Link up online. If they in the other room, go get them. Strength in numbers. Tonight, there's some walls that we got to tear down. That only the strength of many can help us do. So on the count of three. Woo! My, 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 my. I feel the presence of God so strong in this house today. Y'all, on the count of three, I just want you to release a sound. Whatever the sound is, I don't care if it's a scream, a holler. This is the night of release. Relieve the pressure right now. One, two, three. Yeah! Come on, relieve it. Relieve it. Release it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for the spirit of release on our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. Even in the valley, you're walking with us. Even in the wilderness, you're walking with us. God, there's no pressure with you. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. So, God, we thank you tonight for what you did in us. Now, God, do something through us. Woo! God, you did something in us. Now, do something through us. Let us be bold enough to step out on an adversity and say, we will be the ones to snap the chain. Let us encourage other people that are dealing with the same issues. God, you did it in us. Now, do it through us. Do it through us. Do it through us. Your name, we call everything into order. Anything that is not of you, let it be removed. Let it be, let all fear be removed. Let all anxiety be removed. Let all doubt be removed in the name of Jesus. You can do it, God. And we're believing you. Give God a shout of praise. Give him a hand clap. He did something in you, but now he's going to do something through you. He's going to do something through you. I was talking to two of my friends today, and I was telling them I was so proud of them for what God is doing through them because he did something in them. He did something in them. And God is going to be so proud of you for what he's going to do through you. Yeah, say he's doing it through me. He did it in me. He's going to do it through me. You know what God's pressure does to us? It makes diamonds. It makes diamonds. God knows how to apply the right pressure. He'll never put anything on us that we can't bear, but he will put something on us that will make us better. Oh, my God. He won't put more than we can bear, but he would put enough that we can handle that will make us better. So let him do it through you this week. 
the week after, the month after. <laughs> For however long he needs to do it through you, because you don't, y'all, it's so important that you see what he's doing through you because somebody is going to be linked to you. Somebody's going to be linked to you. My friends that I'm talking about, there are so many people linked to them. And if they did not, re if, if they did not realize how many people were going to be linked to them, they would not know the effect of their voice. They would not know the effect of their testimony. They would not know the effect and the impact of who they are because they listen to God. Not to me, but to God. Your voice has volume. Your voice has volume. Hear me, man. Your voice has volume. Your voice has volume. Don't let the enemy shut you up. Don't let the enemy tell you to be quiet. Nobody wants to hear that. No, no, no. Somebody wants to hear what thus saith the Lord. You have all the life in your mouth. Let him hear it. Let him hear it. I don't know who that's for, but let him hear it. So as you leave this place tonight, don't leave the same. Because God's going to do something through you. And allow him to continue to do it in you. Because the more he does in you, we'll allow him to work more through you. Amen. Give God.